to Glitching the Code. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com and you'll be able to see this on YouTube as well. I think you can get this on Spotify and iTunes as a um, audio podcast. I'm here with one of my favourite authors, Mark Devlin, today. I first came across his work with his books, Musical Truths. Um, I've always been into the music industry. I actually initially worked in the music industry as a producer. Wanted to do that, by the way, anyway. So I was always interested in doing music, and then I realised what the actual industry was, and then that was just scratching the surface. So Mark's done some incredible books about the esoteric nature and the satanic backgrounds of what the music industry is and what these people actually end up getting into um his new book as well is is a a novel i believe um the cause and the cure um so you can check that out and we'll do some links at the end of this and i'll put all the links below so mark thank you for taking the time today i've seen you've been doing a lot of talks up and down the country trying to spread the word about what we've been talking about individually for the last probably 15 years is now bubbled to the surface and spilled over the side how are you doing mate well, I'm surviving, Rich, same as anyone else. I think the word is exasperated. Exasperation is a good way to describe how I feel and probably many people watching this and probably yourself. Because as you say, so many of us have been warning about the situation that we're now living for many, many years. And we felt that all our words have fallen on deaf ears. And yet uh, here we are having arrived at this point. And I think 2020 is the year in which so many so-called conspiracy theorists have found themselves vindicated. And uh, I'm sure a lot of apologies have been made within families for uh, the mocking and the scorn and the derision that's occurred over many years. And I'm looking forward to lots more humble pie being eaten by certain people, because everything that we've tried to warn them against has now become our daily reality. And as I was just saying to you there, as we record this, Johnson is due to uh, make an announcement to the nation at 8 p.m. tonight. And I think we can probably guess what it's going to consist of. It will involve the UK being plunged back into a full lockdown, similar to what we had back in March. That occurred round about the time of the spring equinox. And we now find ourselves six months later at the time of the autumn equinox. So these people are very transparent. They're very predictable when you know what to look for, when you've been studying them for a while. And uh, they really are quite pathetic, aren't they? They really are. And and what it comes to, and as you're saying, they're quite predictable. And there's elements of that of psychopathy when, you know, looking into psychopathy, people with psychopathic traits, they're almost robotic, like David would say, they're reptilian, like David Icke would say, they're reptilian, like, but it all comes back, they're, they're programmed, they're AI-like, they're very predictable and programmed people, as you say there, the equinox, which I, these things I know very little about when it comes into those things, but there's a pattern to these people, isn't there? And once you understand the pattern, they are very, very easy to see what's coming. Um, but it's getting other people to understand that there is a rhyme and a reason for all of this. And it's very, very dark and um, evil, isn't it? That's right. And at their core, the people that are directing this, if indeed they are people fully, um, are dark occultists. So I'm not talking about the likes of bloody Johnson and Hancock and Witty. They're obviously just the stooges and the puppets. I mean, Hancock couldn't run a bath, let alone a country. Mm. Uh, you know, he really is a pathetic, weak, cowardly individual just uh, having his strings pulled. So, of course, the real architects of this hide in the shadows and we don't necessarily get to know their names. And uh, they do adhere to dark occult ritual and principles because that's what much of this is all about. 
And uh, yeah, when you've been studying them for a while, you can predict what their moves are going to consist of. And they do like doing things by certain dates. They observe the movements of the sun. So a lot of stuff gets done on solstices and equinoxes and certain seasons and dates that are important in the occult calendar. So Halloween is a big one. So I'd certainly urge people to watch out for something happening around about the end of October because uh, many events often do. And the period around March when we first went into lockdown is always a popular one for world changing events. You find from round about the spring equinox, round about the 21st of March, running all the way through to the 1st of, Mar- 1st of May, May Day, Beltane, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these uh, ritualistic events get carried out then. And we see these ritualistic things coming out, don't we? We see the face masks, which is the most obvious and blatant one, that the realistic and occult reasonings behind the face masks. A lot of people won't understand um, what that actually means and why they do these things. Can you explain your sort of understanding of what the face mask means to, to, to these occultists? There have been different interpretations put on it, but a lot of people seem to think that the wearing of face masks is symbolic of people giving up their identity and becoming someone else in a transformative uh, kind of way, uh, tying into those ideas. So you're leaving your old identity behind and allowing yourself to be shaped and molded into somebody else. It's not on somebody else's whim uh, because we're instructed to wear face masks and not all of us do, but uh, the vast majority allow themselves to be manipulated in that way. And then you've got the hand washing, which is supposed to be symbolic of you know, washing your hands of the old way of doing things, the old world order, and kind of helping to usher in the new world order and new ways of societal living, which is all part of what this C word uh, debacle is all about. And uh, all kinds of other elements as well. And it really does astound me that the vast majority of people still can't see that this whole thing is a setup, this whole thing is a hoax that people still believe that the government cares about them and is introducing all these measures to keep them safe because they care, because Boris Johnson and Matt Hancock are just really nice people with big hearts, you know. And so's Bill Gates. He's a philanthropist. He's a billionaire. He's got all that money and he could just, you know, enjoy it and, and spend all that money and just live a lavish lifestyle. But he cares deeply about humanity and people and the earth. And so he's giving of himself to uh, develop this vaccine to help us all. You know, just the fact that people can believe that kind of narrative is dumbfounding. And it really does feel as if the vast majority of people here on Earth have made the decision on a spirit soul level, their higher selves, before they incarnated into this reality, to live an entire human life in ignorance and base consciousness. And then you have the few, because unfortunately the likes of us are still in the minority, who are able to see through scams and hoaxes and lies and deceptions. We come to it through different ways, of course, and we come to it at different periods in our lives. With me, it was 10 years ago, it was 2010, when I woke up to great truths and you know, raised my consciousness. But uh, it really does feel as if there are some people who are never going to get it. It doesn't matter how much information or fact-based evidence you put in front of them, they just can never see it. And so our efforts have to be towards the people who are showing a slight glimmer of possibly being able to take on board the truth of what's really going on here. You have to leave behind the ones who are obviously lost causes because you could spend the rest of your life bashing your head against a brick wall, uh, metaphorically trying to get through to them, and you never will. 
So we have to try and get through to the ones who are able to be swayed, the ones that show the capacity still to wake up if they're just given the right nudge and push. Uh, and I think many of us have discovered that for ourselves the hard way over the past few months. It's been a really, really difficult time, I think, for especially the guy, uh, the people that knew this was coming and were trying to talk about this for many, many, many years. And it hasn't been easy, and it's not one for me. I don't know about yourself. It's not been for one of them things. That, look, I told you so. Kind of things. It's been. It's been more frustrating than ever because it's so blatant now. You could almost excuse it six, seven months ago for saying, "Well, you've got to really dig to find this information." But now it's it's so in your face. It's something that's called abandonment syndrome and I feel like people are suffering from that they know that this is nonsense and they know it's bollocks not everyone but majority of people but mm. they've abandoned ship and they don't want to take responsibility for their lives because it's much easier they've been conditioned to to give everything over to someone else so they can make the decisions so the the idea of making decisions for yourself is far more terrifying than actually what is to come if you tell them what's to come and you say look it's going to end up like china you're going to be living in china you're going to be living in a fascist state and they're like well does it mean that i'll be taken care of though well in a sense but in a way that a prisoner and a prison's taken care of does that make sense to you oh yeah they'll be taken care of all right yeah. <laughs> that's in the plans you know it just makes me wonder is it possible for anyone to have got to this stage in the game, September 2020, we've had six months of this absolute tyranny and this blatant fascism foisted on us under the guise of this so-called bloody virus, which probably isn't one anyway, probably doesn't even exist. Uh, is there anyone who's got to this stage in the game and they still can't see it, who still has the capacity to uh, to wake up to it all? You know, I just don't know how it's possible to have swallowed six months of this fear-based propaganda and mind control and still not have figured out what it actually is. And this was brought home to me very disappointingly at the weekend. I put a video out. I would have put it on YouTube, but I got a channel strike last week, uh, the first of my channel strikes, and they're threatening to uh, remove my channel if there's two more strikes. And I got it through putting out a piece of footage of David Icke speaking at Trafalgar Square the other week. I guess I should have known better because I put his name in the description. And if you do that, it's almost a, a guaranteed channel strike as it goes. Um, so I posted the video for this last weekend on BitChute, which is my uh, backup channel. And I was talking about some of the very well-known musicians who thankfully are coming forward and getting outspoken about this whole scam. And I've got much respect for any famous people that put their reputation on the line uh, and their career uh, on the line to come forward and speak great truth. So we have Van Morrison. It was a real surprising one because Van Morrison is a sir. I think he's an MBE. And uh, he has produced three songs opposing the lockdown measures and uh, calling the whole thing out for the big scam that it is. And he's made comments about it. He played uh, some socially distanced gigs recently, which sound like uh, absolute nightmare <laughs> scenarios, where you've got people uh, hemmed in what look like sheep pens. It's like being at a you know, farmer's market. And they're not allowed to leave their little enclosures. And the waitresses have to come to them and deliver drinks. And that's the way these gigs are now played. So they're you know, safely distanced away from the next sheep pen. And then way out in the distance up on the stage, you've got the musician 
uh, and you might just be able to make out their figure because uh, you're so far away uh, from where you're positioned. So Van Morrison was getting very critical about how ridiculous it is that gigs now have to be played in this way. And uh, then you've got Noel Gallagher of Oasis, who's not someone I particularly respected before. Uh, and I've had a few things to say about Oasis, but I have to uh, give him some respect for the fact that he appeared on a podcast last week and he was talking about how ridiculous it is to have to wear the muzzle the mask and he said he doesn't wear masks on public transport and he gets called out for it but you know they don't do any good and he doesn't appreciate being told that he's got to wear one uh so he got outspoken about that fair play then you got ian brown the singer with the stone roses from back in the day who has been making empowering truthful music on a solo tip for nearly 20 years he came out with a track in 2001, around about the time of 9-11, called FEAR, F-E-A-R. It's an acronym, and he just delivers these different phrases that spell out fear. And he put out a, tra a track with Sinead O'Connor called Illegal Attacks, around about the time of the Blair Bush-launched Gulf War in 2003. And on his last album, he had a track called Blue Sky Days, where he's calling out the chemtrail geoengineering agenda so ian brown is clearly a very awake and aware guy and uh, he's putting his money where his mouth is uh, and making songs about this and putting them out in his own right so respect to him and you've also got ian mcnab who's the former singer with a group called the icicle works who are an indie group out of liverpool that were big in the 80s they had a song called love is a wonderful color so in my video i just drew attention to the fact that these four musicians are saying what needs to be said and Sinead O'Connor's another one she's been very outspoken particularly about the Vatican and uh, mm. the pedophilia that seems to be attached to that particular institution and she's paid the price for that she's been savaged in the media for it so uh, I just took a look at the Twitter pages of each of those musicians I've just mentioned to see what comments were being made beneath the postings that they'd made about their songs and it was just so disheartening to see comment after comment from normies you know mainstream thinkers bbc watchers boris johnson believers and they're just laying into van morrison and noel gallagher and ian brown and saying why don't you just shut up you know uh, why are you getting political why are you making statements like this just concentrate on making songs you're just a musician you know you're not a politician why do you think you're qualified to, to speak about this and you know uh covid's a dangerous threat to us all and you shouldn't be making light of it and you shouldn't be trivializing it like this and you shouldn't be going against the official uh agendas and obviously a lot of it will be down to twitter's ai bots bringing to yeah. the fore all the comments that reinforce the official version of things but just the fact that people are making these comments at this stage in the game you know they're still believing the propaganda they still actually think the bbc evening news is telling them the truth and they still haven't figured out that these are paid career liars their job is to lie same thing with government ministers the fact that grown adults of advanced years still haven't worked this out even with everything that's been done to us over the past few months was supremely disappointing to me but you know there's a link there into my original work which is research in the music industry and at least there are some musicians who are prepared to say it as it is and van morrison's a surprising one because you know, I mentioned that he was a sir and he's kind of part of the establishment furniture. He's from Northern Ireland, known as the Belfast Cowboy. 
And uh, he actually turned up at one of my lectures at the Glastonbury Symposium in 2015. This was pointed out to me by the organizer at the end who said, oh, do you know who was in the audience for your talk? Van Morrison was at the back. And then at the end of it, he just kind of quietly slinked out. And I wondered what he made of that because I was exposing all the things that I discovered about the true nature of the industry and what it's used for. And I was thinking, does he know all this stuff uh, or is he actually learning it from me? from the research that I've done. What's he going to make of this? And then a few years later, he pops up making these outspoken comments. So, you know, you have to wonder about the impact that your work might be having to people out there. Absolutely. And that's an cracking story um, to, to, to sort of get that kind of loop back and see that kind of planting the seed there and having it years down the line look like it's sort of mm. flourishing out um i had a similar thing with um with brian harvey and we talked about a lot of the stuff that was going on in the music industry a lot of the dark end of the belly and whatever people oh, yeah. think about brian and his weird strange behavior and i don't agree with 90 percent of the way he behaves he has seen some stuff in the, in the music industry that you wouldn't believe that goes to the underbelly and the underground criminal rackets in the uk fits right into the music industry especially industry especially in the 90s and 80s and probably way before that back to the cliff richards of days and way beyond that i'd assume um oh, yeah. the, one thing that really shocked me is that, um chris frawl did a, he does a podcast um similar to what we do and he had robbie williams on it i think you probably heard it, it was quite a famous one that did quite i did well. see that one yeah um and he spoke robbie spoke all about all these things and then i was really disheartened myself to see at soccer aid a couple of weeks ago him on there pushing gavi the vaccine alliance and i'm like yeah, you know yeah. this you know that's a bill gates subsidiary so why are you on there pushing gavi yeah. and uh, do you know what i mean so it's almost like they'll only he only goes so far and that that, I, that was one that really disappointed me I, I i was really let down at the fact that he'd gone to the point of trying to climb up the hill a bit and obviously he's got scared run off and then he's pushing something he full well knows that's connected to these um these dodgy vaccines so it's everywhere well, maybe isn't he's it? been ordered back into line possibly yeah you know because uh we've seen this dynamic before i remember many years ago lady gaga who's one of the most controlled system assets that there is in the music industry i mean her mother cynthia german otter is an ambassador for the world health organization on yes. mental health would you believe I know. <laughs> she's the ambassador for mental health and her daughter is out there you know mind controlling and uh, socially engineering legions of young people you couldn't make it up but many years ago lady gaga uh, made public public comments about how the music industry is controlled and she's fed up with being told what to put in her songs she's fed up with having handlers she's fed up with being told what agendas to push and from now on she's going to be her own person and make her own statements in her music well it didn't go too well or last very long because it was only a matter of weeks before she popped up at one of these shows it might have been the u.s super bowl halftime show or the grammy award or one of these and she was doing a stage show and it was a full-on ritualistic display of masonic symbolism and egyptian symbolism and all kinds of esoteric occult stuff you know dark occult stuff and pizza imagery and all this so i think we've seen the same thing with robbie williams where he did that interview with chris thrall and he gives the impression that he's woken up and he gives the impression that he's trying to break out of the industry because he's seen it for what it is and he wants to convey truth now and he wants to turn his life around and then a short while later, as you say, he's there promoting vaccines through Gavi. And to me, that just smacks of these artists 
maybe wanting to break free of what it is they're a part of, but quite simply not being allowed to because they do have handlers and they do have people that will pull them back into line. And I think often they're given tasks such as going out there and promoting some agenda or other after they've been outspoken about, uh, you know, they've strayed off script almost as a kind of humiliation to them. And it kind of shows them and shows everyone else what happens if you try and become a maverick and go your own way because you reach a certain level in the industry where that's just no longer an option for you and that would certainly apply to lady gaga given uh well her family background and also the reach and the influence that she's been able to have to to so many people and the same thing with robbie williams you know he's an a-list celebrity everyone knows who he is and the controllers of the industry would quite simply not allow somebody of his influence and ilk to go their own way and make their own message i mean i saw him on one of these bloody talent shows the x factor or whatever it was they're all the same to me and he was one of the judges and he's there with his wife he's got an american wife and to me it just looked like uh, a mind control subject handler relationship Mm -hmm. because he seemed to be very subservient to her and she seemed to be dictating his behaviors And it looked very far from an organic romantic relationship. You know, it just smacked of a a handler type scenario to me. So I've just unfortunately never been able to trust anything that comes out of Robbie Robbie Williams's mouth because uh, it's obvious that he's controlled at every level and uh, he's not able to make any kind of personal statements. Or if he does, he pays the price for it. Let's dig into this because this is really important and I think this will clear up a few things that people don't understand how weird and strange this is. You're seeing people like Boris Johnson come out and say one thing one day and he changes his mind the next. You'll see a Lady Gaga do a performance like in that film that she did which was incredible and she acts like one person. I know she's acting but she's herself. Act, she's a certain person then she's completely different another day. Um, Britney Spears clearly split personality. Michael Jackson seemed to be a different person every six or seven years. Not physically, although he did, but a lot of that was down to the vitiligo and, and the immune issues he had. But there was clearly handlers going on and a change in personality going on in these people. Do you? What is your take on that? Is do you think it's split personalities? My MK Ultra kind of um, Project Monarch, or do you think there's actually these are different people? being rolled out playing the same character as in the maybe the Paul McCartney thing if it's still the same Paul McCartney there's connections with Michael Jackson there as well it seems to be these are actors and characters or something switching it's always been the sudden change for me that is really really bizarre maybe that is something people need to be looking into these people don't seem like the same people from one day to the next yeah well much of it is going to be down to trauma-based mind control programming so that is Project Monarch, which is part of the MK Ultra program that came out of the CIA in the 1950s. And it's been used to very great effect in the entertainment industry all the way through to this day. So many of the main assets in Hollywood and TV stars and music stars and celebrities of any variety, really, even newsreaders and politicians, people like that, sports stars, supermodels, many of them will have been subject to mind control programming. And much of it takes place from a very early age. They get them when they're young kids, when the mind and the spirit is at its most malleable, and they subject them to horrific traumatic events, which causes the human mind to dissociate from reality as a way of escaping the horror of what is happening. So it splits the mind into different compartments where 
the subject is able to bury away the horror and the trauma of what's happening to them into a certain compartment and then kind of step into another compartment and become a different personality. And that's why you see these people so often switching from what appears to be one personality to another. Classic example is Britney Spears in that TV interview that she did, where she really seems to uh, become a different person for a few seconds and then click back into the front altar mode, regular Britney mode. And Britney uh, would have been subjected to mind control programming from a young age. There's much evidence to suggest that that was the case. She was part of the Mickey Mouse Club coming out of the Disney Corporation, which is a deeply satanic and evil organization. And they groom many of their child stars for future fame when they become adults. So you've got Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, uh, Christina Aguilera and Miley Cyrus all coming out of Disney, along with many others. So that's what you see happening when these people do seem to uh, switch personalities and also when they undertake really erratic, bizarre behavior and they go a bit crazy and the press reports it as if it's the pressure of fame going to their heads. When in fact, what we're witnessing is often an MK Ultra meltdown. And you often find that these people disappear from public view shortly after one of these events and they're not seen for a while. And then when they reemerge, often with a new image, they'll often have be, be rocking a new look. And often it involves closely cropped peroxide dyed blonde hair, which has been identified as indicative of someone having undergone reprogramming. So they're obviously going back to these mind control facilities and having the programming topped up and then they're put back out there into society so that they can continue to play that role of influencing culture and, uh, you know, influencing the beliefs and the thought patterns of their fans, of the large number of people that look up to them. So it's never left to chance as to who are going to be the very biggest, most influential names in any of these fields. And you never get there through hard work and good luck. You're selected for the role. Often it's down to the families that you come out of. A lot of it is very closely linked to bloodlines and you find new generations of the same families are slotted into these public roles uh, where they can have influence on large numbers of people and uh, if it's not down to family bloodlines and your ancestry and your genealogy it can be down to people having exhibited a certain amount of skill and talent and shown that they could be assets to the industry and they're kind of taken aside and made an offer that they can't refuse they sign the contract and from that point on their soul is no longer their own. They've literally sold their soul for fame and fortune, which is a phrase you hear so often, but it's a very real thing and it does go on. And I also think there's quite a thin line between mind control programming where you witness celebrities switching from one personality to another as a result of the way they've been programmed and the idea of demonic possession, which is something I don't necessarily dismiss. Uh, clearly, with many of the dark occult ritualistic practices that go on in the industry at the hands of its ultimate controllers, uh, a lot of very dark stuff does occur. And I think it's perfectly possible that entities of one kind or another could be entering into these people and animating them in their stage performances. And many musicians have spoken about this. They've spoken about how when they get up on stage, it's like somebody takes them over or something takes them over and they're, their will is no longer their own. They're uh, being, they're channeling something which is dictating their behaviors. Beyonce's spoken of this when she steps into her Sasha Fierce identity. And she says she's very quiet and shy 
and bashful normally as, as a person, but she gets very extrovert and very uh, flamboyant in her stage performances because something takes her over. And other performers have spoken about this. You know, David Bowie made some comment about it. Ozzy Osbourne's spoken mm. about being possessed by something and he hopes it's not who he thinks it is. Uh, so, yeah, this dynamic's been going on forever. And uh, I don't necessarily go for the idea of clones. You uh, touched on that there in your question. Uh, who's that guy? Donald Marshall. There's this, um, you know, uh, researcher named Donald Marshall in the States who claims that there's this massive agenda going on where famous people and celebrities are being cloned in factories and there's all kinds of different versions of them that they put out there in public i don't really go for that uh you can't clone uh an individual free sovereign being an aspect of creation because they are unique and you know you can't replicate that entirely uh, i don't dismiss the idea of actors or doubles though who play the part of famous people you mentioned the paul mccartney situation there and i've been scratching my head over that one for 10 years trying to figure it out and every time i think i've got the thing sussed some new information comes along and i have to kind of re revise my standpoint on it but i can certainly make the statement that there's been more than one individual playing the public role of paul mccartney through the years that as far as i'm concerned is an accurate statement and then with other famous people just before we came to chat today actually Somebody sent me a video of what purports to be Prince Harry doing an interview. Now, the only problem with it is it's not Prince Harry. And it's quite plain to see that it's an actor or a double who is passing himself off as Prince Harry, which does rather beg the question, what the hell's happened to the real Prince Harry? Because we had a similar situation with huh, allegedly his father, though I think very few of us accept that Prince Charles is actually Prince Harry's father. But Prince Charles was uh, ostensibly wheeled out for an interview with Sky News very yes. early on in the lockdown. I think it was around about April. And uh, so the interviewer is asking him all these questions and he's supposed to be self-isolating at home as an example to us all after he contracted the coronavirus, you know, against all the odds. The only problem with that interview is it's not Prince Charles. It's plain to see. It doesn't even come close. He looks nothing like the real thing. So why are mainstream news outlets wheeling out doubles or actors to play the role of members of the royal family? What has happened to the real ones? That, I think, is a very pertinent question. And it ties into the uh, subject area of stuff that's been going on underneath the cover of COVID-19. So while everyone's been obsessed with coronavirus this, coronavirus that, and while the mainstream news and the government have been pushing all this fear-based propaganda and all this mind control about the virus, there have been other interesting things going on that people have not been paying attention to. And it's been very interesting for me to look at some of those over the months. There is a lot going on. We had all that thing about the guy. I think he was a new guy from New Zealand saying he was the rightful heir to the throne and he was going yeah, and taking over. I'm not sure you see, see that. I don't buy that at all. But, I mean, no, I don't that, that smacked of QAnon kind of feel to it. Um, I'd like to get your take on what you think of QAnon. Let's link it back, actually, right now to, to when Kenny West, Kenny West when had his breakdown and said Jay-Z was out to get him, Jay-Z being, um, I believe, the handler of Beyonce quite clearly, um, his yep. wife. Um, he was saying, Kenny famously said in one of his concerts that Jay-Z was out to get him. He was sectioned soon after. And when he came out, what did he come out with? Blonde, cropped, short hair and in the, in the hands of Donald Trump. 
It was very, very bizarre. So let's link that into QAnon because to me, the QAnon thing is complete, complete nonsense. Um, I, I think it's wishful thinking on most people's part. What's your take on the QAnon thing? And and for, for Jay-Z to come out and be put straight into the hands of Donald Trump, what were your takes on that? It was such a bizarre thing to happen. I think it's quite possible that when Kanye started talking about Donald Trump and started uh, endorsing him, that it may have been a genuine move on Kanye's part. You might be surprised to hear me say that because Kanye West is obviously a mind control subject. But uh, I do wonder whether he was able to do some research of his own and regain some of his own thoughts. And he actually chose to align himself with Donald Trump rather than it being some kind of psyop, some kind of stunt. Uh, regarding QAnon, in any previous year, if you told me that this narrative was going on, I wouldn't have accepted it. And I would have joined the many other people that tell me every day in my inbox that it's a bullshit psyop and that I shouldn't be giving it any of my time. But our experiences in 2020 have shown us that anything is now possible. If you told people on New Year's Day 2020 that by September we would all be standing behind bits of tape when we go to the mm. supermarket, there'd be some jumped up little twat on the door that tells you when you can and can't go in, that we'd be forced to put hand sanitizer on before we can enter any public premises, that we have to wear muzzles over our faces when we get on a bus or a train, that we have to stay two meters away from the next person, that we have to be in by 10 p.m., that we can no longer go to music concerts and sports games. Imagine telling somebody that at the start of this year. They'd have told you you were crazy and they'd have said you need to check yourself into the nearest lunatic asylum. And yet here we are. So all regular rules are out of the window. All regular ways of doing things are off the table in 2020. We've seen that. And so it's caused me to consider things that I would previously have rejected and one of the biggest questions I've been asking over these past few months is, is COVID being used as a smokescreen for other things going on? That's not to say that it was introduced for that purpose, but has it been seized upon as a way of keeping attention away from other things that may be happening beneath the surface? I mean, as a truth researcher, and I've become a full-time one this year because I lost my job at the end of February, uh, I had a driving job. That's gone. It's not coming back. So I've pretty much been full time on this the last six months. So I've really delved into it all. And a question that any serious researcher into truth, alternative conspiracy issues has to ask is, could there be validity to what is being claimed about this Q plan? And I've seen some strange things this year. First of all, the royal family, as I mentioned, you know, they're wheeling out doubles or actors for Prince Harry and Prince Charles. Nobody really knows where the Queen is. We had these strange stories back in the spring of the Queen may not be seen in public ever again. And apparently she's left Buckingham Palace and the place has been all boarded up. The royal crest and seal has disappeared off the gate of Buckingham Palace. The Queen is said to be self-isolating in Windsor Castle. They wheeled out what purported to be a picture of her riding her horse around the grounds of Windsor, Windsor Castle back in April, but she's dressed in winter gear in what was said to be one of the most, one of the hottest weeks of the year. So it's hardly, you know, appropriate 
uh, where, suggesting that could be an old picture that they'd wheeled out. So there's lots of questions about what's happened to the royal family. We had that strange business of Greg Halleck coming forward, claiming to be the rightful heir to the British yeah. throne, claiming that he's King John III. Things have gone very quiet on that front recently, uh, which leads me to suspect that uh, there's no validity to that particular story. And uh, Greg is not all that he claims to be. But then we've also had a lot of arrests of paedophiles and child trafficking gangs this year. It's even been reported in the mainstream. They're quite low level in terms of they're not names that people would know. They're not household names. But there's been a hell of a lot of these going on all over the world. Gangs being rounded up. Many, many people getting put away for these crimes. We had the Jeffrey Epstein situation last year uh, where he didn't kill himself in jail. And then we had the arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell, his uh, mistress, apparently, uh, connected to Robert Maxwell, of course, and uh, allegedly a Mossad asset. So uh, we got the story of her being arrested and apparently spilling the beans on many other famous people. And as far as the Q narrative goes, there are arrests imminent of some very well-known names, which is going to come in due course. Now, I can't necessarily write all this off as BS, because, as I said, anything becomes uh, a possibility. And according to Q researchers, a lot of things are going to happen after the 3rd of November election in the US, which most people seem to think Donald Trump is going to win with a landslide victory. What's the competition? Joe Biden, you know, yeah. uh, a, a paedophile with dementia. Who's, who's already 78, uh, unless the Democrats are going to wheel out some kind of October surprise and put somebody else in the running at the last minute. People seem to think that might be uh, Kamala Harris. So we'll wait to see on that one. But we've got about six or seven weeks to go now until the US election. And I do wonder whether we're going to start to see some very interesting things happen very soon after the 3rd of November. So the idea is that this Q group... Uh, consists of insiders from the American establishment coming out of the military, you know, expressions of the military, expressions of the government who are working in conjunction with Donald Trump. And the idea all along was to get Trump elected as president so that he could uh, execute this plan to bring down the so-called deep state cabal from the inside and hold to account all these criminal politicians and uh, paedophiles and all kinds of you know uh, evildoers hold them to account and uh, introduce all kinds of other changes as well such as a new financial system and uh, all kinds of other stuff so I don't necessarily dismiss this at the same time I can't fully embrace it because of the lack of verifiable proofs and evidence which I require as a researcher Certainly some things have happened. So Donald Trump did take control of the Federal Reserve back in the spring, which wasn't reported in the mainstream media. And this is a very big story. So he brought the Federal Reserve, which had always been uh, the domain of groups of private bankers, a cartel of private bankers since its inception in 1913, uh, largely controlled by the Rothschilds. And he brought that under the remit of the American government by merging it with the U.S. Treasury, which is huge news and according to many you know this is part of the plan to basically restructure everything once he gets into his second term in office so uh when you combine that with the question of what the hell has happened to the royals you've also got lots of photographs of famous people uh 
Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGenerate, um, mm. various actors, Tom Hanks and uh, Nicole Kidman, various famous people who appear to be sporting ankle bracelets of the type you get when you're put under military house arrest. So there's been a few of these floating around the Internet, leading people to speculate on whether these people have actually been arrested in connection with uh, allegedly child trafficking and, uh, you know, pedophilia type activities. So uh, I can't discount that either. And I have to ask myself what's going on there. So if the Q plan is real, obviously, by its very nature, it has to be covert. It can't broadcast what it's doing at this stage in the game because it's all being done secretly. It's all being done according to the plans that they've got laid out. So we have a problem there in that we can't directly verify anything. But as I say, I'm not throwing it out. And to me, it remains an option. And I say that because we're now living in a very strange year where un unbelievable things have already happened. So I'm hoping to just be able to get through the next six or seven weeks the best I can. And I'll be watching very closely what happens on the 3rd of November, the date of the election, and what happens directly afterwards. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. And um, I don't, I'm at the point where you are as well. I wouldn't throw anything out at all. Um, my only concern with Trump is I see, obviously, his backing of Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, and I see the um, the use of the military to to um, take out the vaccines across the US and also his endorsement of Israel which seems to go on and on he's just given the key to the White House to to Benji um, these things well, kind of like push back and I'm like well hang on a minute they, they things to me don't sit right with the narrative either um, yeah do you know what I mean so there, there is this kind well, yeah, of conflict yeah. they're, there. They're, they're, they're stumbling blocks for me too uh, many uh, die-hard Q researchers and patriots and, you know, fans of the plan will say that a lot of it is acting. He's giving people what they would expect to see. So because so many in the American public actually believe that there's this deadly virus out there, they would expect a responsible president to be offering a vaccine because these people are not clued up on how dangerous vaccines are and they actually believe that they are beneficial to human health because of the propaganda that's been put out there and so trump is kind of pandering to them and doing the things that they would expect to see him do that's what people are saying uh, and that would include his use of the military and all of this but yeah you're right he does have connections into the zionist state of israel which is cause for concern uh, people have told me that back in the 90s, he almost went personally bankrupt and he was apparently bailed out by the Rothschilds, which is another uh, red flag. So he doesn't come without red flags and without little warning signs here and there. There are many people that believe he's truly a goodly, godly man who is all about uh, right action and, uh, you know, uh, improving the state of humanity. Uh, but it is difficult to completely put trust in him when you have uh, these discrepancies to address, I would say. Do you ever get the feeling, like, as it's become nothing but apparent now, how vulnerable the average man is and the average woman or the average whatever gender you want to call yourself? Um, we are. Because these people, like you said in that example, if, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump's a good man, bad man or whatever. He's doing what he's doing for Donald Trump. Someone else is doing what they're doing for them. And it's almost like we kind of, as everyday men, get to kind of 
go along with it and we're just lucky if it actually benefits us do you ever feel like you're you're a passenger on the roller coaster yeah and also i don't like the fact that i'm externalizing things and i'm looking towards mm. external sources whether it's the q group whether it's donald trump and i'm placing hope in them to be improving everyone's situation when of course it should all be about self-empowerment really it should be us the people that take the power back and uh, dictate where this whole thing goes rather than being reliant on any kind of group that claims to represent us the only reason i'm taking an interest in the q situation is because i'm not sure that the rest of humanity is going to be able to achieve it i don't think we have the numbers yet that's not to say we might not get there and clearly people are waking up every week the more and more this goes on we've had these protest events all over the uk and uh, these lockdown measures that we hear are now coming in are almost certainly to scupper and uh, damage these protest events and stop people from being able to go out there and uh, express how they feel about things. But we've still got a long way to go before we get to the tipping point of humanity being committed to taking back its power off these psychopathic overlords that we've had for way too long. I mean, I, d I don't know where we're at percentage-wise, but if I had to put numbers on it, maybe we were on about 3% of the UK population who were awake and aware at the start of this year. And maybe that's been pushed up to perhaps five, 6%, which means we've still got 94, 95% of the population to win over. I don't know if you would agree with those figures, but that's just a kind of arbitrary assessment of things on my part there. No, absolutely. If you go out and all you need to do is, is see the amount of people wearing masks yeah. in shops and on, on um, I've been back and forth to the Isle of Wight last few days working on David Icke's um, live and I was the only one without a mask on on three different um, trains, a ferry and a bus. Mm. So yes, I think you've probably hit the nail on the head there. And some of them will be asking things, but I refuse to wear one and, I, and I've just made the reason to wear one. I'm just saying I'm not going to wear one and I've come across and just said, well, I've got a, a reason not to come up with a reason and I do have a legit reason but I don't even feel like I need to say legit reason the legit reason that is criminal and insane and you're making me wear something that's causing me myself harm that's legit so I don't even like the idea of having to explain them or use something medical to get around something that's actually tyrannical I find that disgusting in itself yeah. so the numbers that you came up with there yeah I completely agree with that that and that's that's really really hard and the other thing we're having problems with is that we can talk to each other me and you I can talk to David I can talk to any of these other guys Chris Thrall we can do podcasts together but it's a, we are in an echo chamber aren't we and it's getting it out to and I know you spoke about this in your in your talk um, that you did at one of the events or one of the speaking events you said getting it out to people that don't usually listen to this stuff is the hardest thing especially when they're locking us and shutting us down on various platforms we need to be out on the street talking to people um, and I think that's what you're incredible at um, doing I'm not the sort of person to get up on stage and talk um, but what is your take on getting it out to people that wouldn't usually listen to this stuff and any ideas of how we would do that given that we're being chucked off platforms left right and center and um, clearly clearly marginalized yeah, so what we've seen this year is the controllers have broken from their usual routine. What they normally like to do is introduce things in small incremental steps, hoping that people won't notice how society is being changed. It's what David Icke calls the totalitarian tiptoe. And this year, 
they've abandoned that and they've thrown everything they've got at us all at once and they've tried to fast track through agenda 2030 their master plan 10 years ahead of time so this could be construed as them getting a bit desperate and starting to panic at the rate at which people are getting wise to their tricks as i said before it's not happening anywhere near fast enough for my liking but clearly the process is underway and the more and more of these protest events that take place the more people are going to be gotten through to which is why they're trying to shut them down so different ways in which we can reach regular people and we need to include one thing that i've been uh, advocating a lot the last few weeks is for people to go on mainstream media outlets online so the web pages for mainstream newspapers and mainstream news outlets where they have comment sections and they have forums and to absolutely carpet bomb these comment sections and forums with truthful information with alternative sources that people won't have got access through the mainstream it's possible you might get through to a few new hearts and minds that way if they're open-minded enough to uh, look at what's being presented to them Another way is to just get out there on the streets as activists and engage in conversation with regular people as they go about their business. A lot of these protest events have re resulted in marches where the people are just going through the streets, going through shopping centres, handing out leaflets and just getting into conversations with people. I've just produced a new resource leaflet. It's two sides of A4 and it consists of links giving alternative information to show that the whole COVID-19 thing is a monumental scam. And it gives sources to back up this point of view. And many of them are mainstream sources. It's doctors and, you know, qualified medical professionals that are coming forward as whistleblowers and talking about all the bad science that's being put forward and all the, the ways the figures are being uh, artificially inflated and all this. So some people might be responsive to that kind of thing. And really just trying to get through to people how ridiculous it is that we're living our lives in this way now you know how many of these people wearing masks actually enjoy it i would say the vast majority of them are doing it because they feel they have no choice they feel it's the law even though that's arguable and negligible as to whether it's actually a law or a recommendation or a guideline but nevertheless people feel they're obliged to wear these things but do they actually enjoy it and would they rather like to go back to normal the way things were i think most people most normies are complying with everything the government's telling them to do because they really do believe that if they do that and if they're good citizens and they follow the advice they're given then together we can beat this virus in inverted commas and get back to normal as quickly as possible and what they don't realize is that the plan was never for us to get back to normal the plan was the new normal which is why we've been getting that mantra it's uh, ushering us headlong into this new world order dystopian nightmare that they've had planned for us for so long and uh, people don't realize they're being led to the slaughter in that way so having that kind of conversation with people has to have some value in in turning some i would suggest and we just have to find new ways of getting through to regular normal people you know what happened to common sense there's a few things that have been lost this year the art of common sense so people actually asking themselves what good do these masks really do? When back in March, Chris Whitty, the chief medical advisor to the UK government, was saying that people should not wear masks. The official advice was don't wear face masks. They don't protect you against any airborne 
pathogens. The World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control recently have put out the official advice as well that masks are not a good idea. So common sense should be coming in somewhere and people should be asking, well, why are the government telling us to wear them then if they do no good? And you should know that they do no good. And also all these masks that are getting discarded in the streets. So supposedly we're protecting ourselves from this deadly virus and from giving it to others uh, because the spores and the particles are presumably getting caught in the mesh of the mask. But then people are ripping off these masks when their face heats up and they feel the need to change one of these disposable masks and they're throwing them down in the street or throwing them in regular waste paper bins. Uh, so in what way is that a good idea if they really do contain deadly virus spores? Why is there no provision for disposing of these masks? Common sense. And the idea that the virus is going to get you after 10 p.m. So we're hearing about this curfew now. So the virus is supposed to be clever enough to know what time it is. And, you know, you're out on the streets at 5 to 10, you're fine. But it gets to 10 o'clock and the virus is like, right, I'm coming in. I'm going to get you. And all these dates they introduce, you know, you can only have six people in your home from next Monday. So Sunday is fine. Virus knows it's Sunday. But as soon as Monday click, clicks in, it will have you. And the differences between England and Wales. So in England, you can only have uh, a group of six people socialising. But in Wales, it's 30 people. So if you're on the England-Wales border and you take a step to one side, now the virus isn't going to get you if you meet with 29 other people. But if you take a step forward again, so you're in England, now it's going to have you if you go over six people. So people are not applying common sense. They're not applying critical thought to uh, what they're being told to do. And it's a lost art. And something else that's been lost is dignity. Where is the dignity in people cowering around in masks, jumping out of the way of other people because they're convinced if they breathe on them, they're going to die on the spot because of all the propaganda that they've absorbed? There is no common sense. There's no dignity. There's no self-respect. If there was people would be standing up in their mass numbers and uniting and pushing back against what is blatantly tyranny and an outrageous imposition on our natural rights and freedoms. So somehow we've got to get that through to people. So I may have sounded a bit pessimistic at certain points during this interview because things aren't happening quick enough uh, for my liking in terms of people getting wise to this, but it's not to say it won't happen. And I think the longer this shit show is dragged out, and the more we're pushed and prodded and provoked and the more people are losing money because they can't go back to their jobs properly and, you know, furloughs are running out and all this. People are going to start asking what the hell is going on here. And if they sense that some people are pushing back against this, they may well feel compelled to add their voice to the sound of the crowd. So that's a process that has to continue has to happen pretty quick because, uh, you know, the controllers certainly aren't slow in bringing in all these outrageous measures that they are. So we've got to counter that somehow. But again, going back to what I said earlier, I do wonder how closely tied this whole COVID narrative is to what's happening in America with Donald Trump and with this upcoming US election. And I do have to wonder if after November the 3rd, we're going to see things change very, very quickly. And the narrative is going to move off in different directions. Everyone will have an opinion on that. Many people would disagree with me. But I think in six or seven weeks, we're going to be able to see just how closely linked this scamdemic was to this upcoming all-important election. 
I mean, there's definitely something coming. All of these things are heading together at once, as you say. The furlough is about to end in the UK. The um, numbers at these rallies, these stand-up X rallies, are getting huge now. Um, there's 40,000, 35, 40,000 at the first um, one a couple of weeks ago. There's ones that you've been to. There was the one at the weekend, which was smaller, and, and I'm not sure about the, why that one was on. Um, and some of the fallout from that was actually probably a little bit detrimental to the one coming up. Maybe that was yeah. done on purpose. There's there's a lot of yeah. people out there saying that there was reasons for that and that was actually done to get the reaction of let's lock down um i think yep. that there was pros there's a lot of possibilities about that um i saw I a lot of footage of some agent provocateurs there causing trouble on purpose um for what was actually a peaceful protest so all these things are coming to head especially where people losing their jobs and not having jobs to go back to and as you say this really really i think these next three or four weeks are going to be a huge thing that people are going to look back on as a turning point or a point where we could a crossroads in the future of for humanity is as grand as that sounds um what yeah. was your take on that before we go and then we'll, we'll we'll speak about somewhere people can find your work well we're making history by the day and uh in future years our children and our grandchildren are going to ask us what were you doing in 2020 what was life like in 2020 you know it's that kind of year it's that kind of momentous occasion in human history as you've said and just looking at things on a spiritual, metaphysical level, many mediums and psychics and past life regressionists and people of that ilk will say that those of us living through these events today would have made the choice on a higher spiritual level before we got here to incarnate into the timeline when we did and to play our part in things. And that's that's a really sobering thought to reflect on. We're here because we chose to be here and we wanted to participate in what is now unfolding. And I don't reject that idea at all. So these are monumental historic times and our responsibility collectively is to make sure that the timeline plays out in the direction that we want it to that serves the progression and evolution of humanity rather than allowing ourselves to be corralled into some complete dystopian nightmare future and i really don't believe that's going to happen i refuse to accept that this is the end game for humanity i know what they've got planned for us i've been studying it for 10 years i've been reading books i've been watching videos i know all the things that they've got lined up that they would like to introduce but Ultimately, at the end of the day, good always trumps evil, no pun intended, um, and God wins. And uh, I feel that we are going to win this one. It's not to say we haven't got a rocky road ahead, but ultimately, the evildoers aren't going to get this one. Humanity is going to win this one. I believe so too, and it's clear that they've caused so much trouble that uh, so many people have woken up and... Uh, and the, the, the door is bolted shut behind them and they can't go back in now. So they're throwing it all at the wall. Mark, it's great to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. Where can people find your work and connect with you? Okay, well, I've been doing a new video every weekend for the past several months, just giving my thoughts and reflections on things that have happened in the previous week. And uh, a lot of people have told me they found value in that. And people have told me that they like the fact that I kind of put it all on the line and i express exactly how i'm feeling you know i might have been anxious that week i might have been pissed off i might have been despondent 
I might have been hopeful. I might have been optimistic. But however I'm feeling, that comes through in the message that I deliver. And people seem to like the fact that my emotions are all over the place and I'm very honest about it because it reflects how they feel. They mm. say the same thing to me. You know, they can go from absolute deep depression uh, at one end of the day to being hopeful and elated at the other end of the day depending on what information they've looked at or who they've spoken to or what they've reflected and mused upon. So people are enjoying those messages that I put out. And that's on my YouTube channel. Uh, I've got that first channel strike. I get access to the channel again in a couple of days. So I'll be re-uploading to that. And that's called Mark Devlin TV. So on YouTube, just look for Mark Devlin TV. That's my channel there. I've got my backup channel on BitChute, should uh, the YouTube thing ever disappear. And then my books, just going back to my research into the true nature of the corporate music industry, sometimes I forget that I even did that because I've just thrown myself full time into all this COVID bollocks this year. But that was what I was all about. I was a researcher into those fields up until this year. So I've got my books, Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2, and they're available on Amazon. But if people want to get signed copies from me direct, they can drop me an email to markdevlinuk at gmail.com, and I'm happy to post those out. And also, I put out my first novel this year, my first work of fiction. It's an allegorical novel called The Cause and the Cure. And it's set in my birth city of Oxford in 1990, full of period detail. It's ostensibly a kind of murder mystery type story, but it's layered with lots of symbolic coding and lots of spiritual teachings and lots of metaphysical stuff. And I think people can have a lot of fun deciphering a lot of the narrative in that way so the cause and the cure is also on amazon and again i can send out signed copies of that one that's fantastic mark and i will put all the links to everything um in the uh, every pod- podcast description this will be on youtube as well so all the links will be there as well so guys mark thank you for appearing your first appearance actually on iconic.com we're, we're fantastic to have you on board and have you here and i'm sure we'll work with you a lot a lot in the future because there's so much more we need to do we're trying to build a platform and a, and a business behind the alternative media so we can all function and do this for a living because this is important stuff um and it's great to have you introduced to the iconic um uh, audience because your work is, is brilliant is one of the first first people I came across who was looking into the music industry I was a massive Michael Jackson fan as a kid I knew there was a lot going on with him and how he was abused and how he was used in late 90 um sorry the late 80s by the likes of Dave Geffen and the likes of Steven Spielberg and the people were around around him even Harvey Weinstein so I started to look into the music industry then and seeing the dark underbelly and your books were the first ones I came across that really started to pull it apart so guys go and have a look at those books and it'll show you how how not only in the music industry this happens but this same occult underbelly seems to happen in every industry and how that really does go back to these banking elite families and probably possibly to the vatican as mark touched upon earlier possibly not even of this earth or this reality we need to open our mind to the fact that we know very little about what's going on and the more you you the more you think you know the more you realize that you know nothing at all um mark thank you for your time um guys go over and check uh, mark's workout all the links will be below and thank you mark i'll leave you with the last words No worries, man. And uh, I know people haven't really seen me on this broadcast. I'm not very presentable today, so I I don't prefer prefer not to go in front of the camera. I actually don't really enjoy doing videos, to be honest with you. I enjoy doing audio because I'm a radio guy. 
I mean, I appear on my videos because people kind of seem to like that I do. But uh, yeah, apologies, you just got the picture today. Uh, but, you know, my voice is the important thing. So thank you for inviting me on. Great work you're doing over there. Uh, respect for all your efforts. And uh, we really are a collective, aren't we? You know, none of us can do it by ourselves. Uh, we have to come together in unity. That's why it's so disappointing to see all this bitching and infighting when yeah. it comes to these events. And one group is... Uh, throwing accusations at another and egos get in the way and you know isn't it time to put all that to the side now isn't it time to just get together on the same page and win back our freedom it absolutely is and it's a collective effort and I'm proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with all my brothers and sisters in this effort in this movement because we've all got our parts to play and that includes everyone listening to this everyone can get involved in this effort in some way and must <laughs>